Hello, Ernest. Hello, Ernest. Welcome back. It has been a while. Yeah, I know. Yeah, lots of things happening and um, gaining a, a new focus that I started to gain in the past, but uh, a while ago, but um, I was busy with other things, trying to find a job and such. But, uh, uh, my focus was um, not there, but now, I'm, you know, at the... Uh, uh, what can you say? The more, uh, the further away I feel from safety, the more focused I get about my purpose. I don't know if you can understand that. Is that is oddly but... true. Yeah, no, I, I, I tell you, uh, um, several friends and I have been sort of uh, dealing with, I guess, trauma from trying to mm. get the system to work. And I've been telling them, well, the problem is, is that the system is broken. And if you, in order to fit within the system, you have to embrace the brokenness. Um, and then you have to deal with the consequences of that. So I've been encouraging them to like step out and do their own thing. So in your case, you're coming from the opposite direction where <laughs> the system has completely failed you. And so you are trying to do your own thing, which I guess is encouraging. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and and but I'm trying to do this uh, own thing using uh, novel technology and and thought processes and uh, um, culture. How people uh, people huh? are feeling. Uh, can you hear that? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, so people, I think, are feeling um, powerless and. And, and cynic um, about you know current life. Um, you know, this uh, some people are getting really, really, really rich, and some people are going the opposite way. So um, there has to be a better way, right? Because all, all we're doing is writing on structures and systems that people have created. So it's not like you know, we're getting inundated with floods and bad weather, even though, we, you know, we know climate change and such, but putting that aside, um, you know, we're, we're still, we can breathe. For the most part, we can um, have access to food and, you know, that it's not like society is dismantling. It's just that the structures, the um, uh, men, mental structures that we have. Conceptual, yeah. Uh, the... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll put it another way. We are not we are not starving for lack of material resources, but we appear to be slowly dying from a lack of hope. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or perhaps yeah. meaning might be an equivalent term. Uh, because mm-hmm. the thing that yeah, the culture was built upon a, a group of sense making and meaning making rituals and institutions, and those rituals and institutions are largely failing us at the meaning level, right? Like our physical exactly. infrastructure is still working reasonably well, but the people who uh, um, to oversimplify the conservative traditional institutions of the right and the progressive 
political institutions of the left um, are generally, I mean, I, I shouldn't be uh, too harsh on the Democrats. I mean, I think Biden and his administration, um, you know, are restoring a sense that there are grownups in charge of the government, which is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's lots of interesting things happening there. But from my perspective, at least, that is a um, a much needed Band-Aid on the political system. But the core issues that led to Trumpism in the first place uh, haven't really been addressed. Mm-hmm. And so there's almost a desperate need to believe in Biden on the left which uh, I hope he can bear up under what seems unlikely to last forever. So yes, we need new systems of meaning-making and sense-making. And so I think your recent turn into cryptocurrency is very interesting because you have to start from somewhere. You can't reinvent everything from yourself all the time. But if you try Mm -hmm. to build upon a system whose values are misaligned with yours, you're headed for disaster. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So right. you either, I think you either uh, live within the current system and try to make change, or you have to make mm-hmm. build your own system on top of that, but also on top of your values and and your beliefs, so that you right. have. Or, ab- or you find a marginal community on the edges of the current system that can coexist with it, and that's kind of mm-hmm. what cryptocurrency is trying to do. Certainly the. Um, so anyway, I think it's a, it's a um, it's as good a place as any to try and find and your problem. And if you're living at it, you're cutting off. Living at it. I'm sorry. I said so. The cryptocurrency community seems as good of a place as any to try to find and build your tribe. Mm-hmm. Right. If you can make a living at it, so much the better. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I've seen I've seen some personalities, but I don't want to be a personality. You know, like on YouTube and things like, oh yeah, uh, Hodel and um, Dogecoin is not real, but you know, people are making money out of it. Or, uh, you know, like especially that you sit there and read headlines. So I guess that's how you become an influencer. I don't know. I guess, but um, so an influencer is. Is a thing, right? And you don't, yeah, you, that's not your thing. Um, but mm-hmm. there's other uh, roles that are worth playing. Um, one is, so anyway, why don't you, uh, we said that the criteria for you getting another podcast episode when you had to actually write something and you actually wrote something. Mm-hmm. This is your chance mm-hmm. to pitch your Substack newsletter. Tell me about it. Uh, well, I, right now it's just a couple of posts. Right, but I needed, uh, um, yeah. So I needed a, uh, a, 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 I don't want to say platform, but yeah, a platform through which I just yeah. can spew, yeah, spew my thoughts. You know, put these are all my yeah. thoughts, and and that way, uh, one, it helps me to publish all the time because I have to at least once a day I have to put, uh, you know, a, a post that you know reflects what I'm thinking about or my ideas. Um mm-hmm. so uh I 
Why did I do? I did that. If you want to know, it's because I was on, you know, Facebook or not Facebook, LinkedIn, putting uh, my thoughts in there, uh, mm-hmm. trying to reach an audience of professionals, a bunch of which I I, uh, I know personally, um, mm. and and people people quietly say, yeah, I'm reading your post. That's pretty cool. Nice, but. Very, very seldom I get comments or even likes, but people keep saying that you know, I read them. I don't know if that's because my, the audience is so minuscule that, you know, a wide percentage will never actually interact with, with a message. And it's only a yeah. small percentage. So when you have, a, when you have thousands of, of uh, subscribers or, or you know, numbers in your audience, then that small percentage is bigger. Or right. it's just just people uh, people don't want to like admit that they like my They're content. Interested. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know either. I, yeah, I LinkedIn is, is 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 right. LinkedIn's um, strength and weakness is that it is the online resume, right? And mm-hmm. so uh, the the two reasons people do something on LinkedIn is because they're really passionate about it and they don't have a better outlet, or because they're trying to build up their resume. Mm-hmm. And so the um, and so it's a combination of the two, right? Is that you haven't struck a chord where people are really getting into it enough, and also that um, right now you're not yet something that actually improves their resume. Exactly. Yeah, I think that is so I think uh, that, the main problem. I really like Substack uh, as a platform for you. Because it doesn't have the well, it, 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 it's very much trying to be a thin layer to help creators find their tribe. Mm-hmm. And um, so you're actually going to try and post every day now. Yes, I want you know not super large articles, you know, just little thoughts. Yeah. Maybe one, maybe on the weekend, I'll do a later, a bigger one. But yeah, I want to yeah, yeah, each post focus on something. And and write my thoughts about it. Sometimes I rant about stuff in you know within that you've seen uh, because I don't, I have to find a way. To, if I try to sit down and document everything that I you know bothers me, I I wouldn't first I wouldn't finish second I wouldn't be able to do anything else. So uh, in in the course of a day, you know I'm gonna have I'm gonna be upset about something, and I think it's important enough to. So that people know about it, but not bad enough that I have to like write an entire article. So I might rant about um, Apple's ways of doing things, which you know it, it's very frustrating when something that you like so much, right? You know, like my iPhone is so I like how it feels in my hand, but then it has the system, the software is set in there, like it's so um, uh, what is it? What's the word? Even though you, it, it looks pretty and it has the nice colors and everything, it is so rigid. It is very, mm. very rigid. And yeah. right, you can't teach it new new things. You can. It's always the Apple way or the highway. And I, yeah. I'm, I really hate that because it's like, okay, I bought this phone with my money, and I cannot do things my way. What is this? They might you know, talk about security and you know the user experience, but. I want my own experience. I want to say, hey, when I, I want to be able to move uh, screens in my homes, in my, 
fake, you see my home screen. But I cannot do that. Why? It's so easy. <laughs> but somebody decided Apple, hey, no, you cannot move pages in your home screen. Home screen. Tough, you know, tough. And I, yeah, I mean, it's, I really it's, so, it's very that. much the walled garden. Is that yes. everything works? Yeah, and and the thing that I think, well, actually, this is a good point. It's the it's the tyranny of choice. Is yeah. more freedom you give people, uh, the more existential angst do they experience, and the harder it is for them to uh, do things without thinking. Right. So by removing choices, Apple has built a career and an industry and a trillion dollars in market cap by letting giving people a very narrow set of things that they can do and making those things really easy. And so the mm-hmm. fact that Apple curates these things so, so you know, heavy-handedly means that support is so much easier, learning curve is easier, you know, helping your parents get their phones uh, working easy. So it makes so many things that are important to Apple's business model easier at the price mm-hmm. of making other things impossible. And I think the interesting thing is you know, you are now in a position of having to design your own life. And I, and I really like the fact that you're making this discipline of uh, you're writing a post every day. Because, like, if you just decide, this is my life, I am writing a post every day, no matter what it is, how long, how short, whatever, that is a uh, choice you're removing from yourself, right? You're constraining mm-hmm. yourself to do this thing. And I think that that is hugely important. I mean, I worry about your health and I worry about your being warm and well-fed. But, you know, at least for this summer, I think it's great if you can, like, obsess over that and just get the stuff out of your system onto a piece of paper. And then I think that, you know, if you do this every day for 40 days, you will find a voice. Uh, you will realize that because you just have to get it out, right? Because you've been thinking these deep thoughts for a very, very long time. And every now and then it explodes into a giant rant. Um, and, like, that's fine. Uh, but that is not enough to either find yourself or find a community, right? You need to be putting stuff out there on a regular basis. And then, you know, if you keep at it, eventually one of two things will happen. Either you will realize that there is actually a thing, a specific thing you want to say that you want to establish yourself as a, um, uh, within a, um, well, there's two things that will happen. Well, either you will decide, ah, this is my role within an existing community, or B, you will end up creating a new community around you. Mm-hmm. And uh, the line between the two is not that strict, but the, the, I think we decided this before, is that really your role in this revolution is as an artist to figure out mm-hmm you know, to articulate this vision of a world that does not yet exist. And then the medium for that is writing. And you've heard the uh, the story about the pots, how to make a great pot. No. Uh, No, okay, this is is worth uh, memorializing, which is that they did a, a study with people who were novice potters telling them to make a clay pot. And they had two groups. And the first group they said they said you have you know twelve hours or whatever. They said your goal is to make the best pot possible in that amount of time. Mm-hmm. And then they went to the second group and said your job is to make 
the most pots possible of adequate quality. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter if they're great. It's just trying to make something that at least is recognizable as a pot. And what they discovered was that the group that was told to make a lot of pots at the end of the 12 hours made far better pots than the group that was told to make a good pot. Because it's the repetition. It's doing it over and over again. Uh, where you build your sense of taste, you build your sense of what doesn't doesn't work, that actually gets you great results. And mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. and in some ways, the uh, you know, the act of entrepreneurship, like most things in life, is driven by cycle time. Right? Like it's interesting. The fact that Apple has to, you mentioned about how the feel of the iPhone is so great. It's because mm-hmm. every year they're continually starting over from scratch and saying, or at least every two years, saying, how do we make this feel better, right? Where software, because it doesn't grow stale the same way, they could just keep the same home screen for 10 years and not have the need to rejigger it, right? If Apple had yes. designed their OS from scratch every year, it would get way better mm-hmm. because they don't need to, you know, and, you know, and let's face it, you know, people get upset Right, when you change things too much that they're comfortable with, right? Because mm-hmm. Apple sort of dug itself into this hole where, you know, and Apple, to be fair, probably does better than most in terms of upsetting their users' expectations. But once people expect things to be a certain way, there's enormous cost to changing it. And that's why, you know, I think you and I both love the open source community because communities can create their own innovation on the fringes. And then those of us who are crazy can experiment and iterate rapidly on different ways of doing things. Uh, mm-hmm. And then slowly that'll migrate back towards the center. Whereas Apple has kind of, because of the, its business model and the choices it's made, it is sort of all or nothing proposition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you see an Android phones where uh, they have very innovative uh, user interfaces, right? You, know, you have the One UI mm-hmm. from OnePlus and, and others that they innovate on top of the Android basic one. And uh, uh, yeah, you see all that creativity uh, over and fast and over and over. Whereas in Apple, yeah. no, uh, they might yeah, still on the some hand, new technology. Like, but, 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 and, and this is in fact, you know, the way uh, and Apple is not above doing this. If Android ever figures out something that actually looks like it works better, then Apple can mm. just steal it and copy it and implement it. Right? They don't have to yeah. burn their user trust and R&D pursuing crazy, unlikely things. They can just grab it after mm-hmm. the fact, the way that Microsoft used to do from Apple. So mm. it's kind of sad, but it is rational. Mm-hmm. And so the, the interesting lesson from this is how do you keep um, – well, there's two things. First is, is you know, you, is, so let's, let's just sort of set that as the goal for this summer, is that for the next, so how many posts have you created so far on Substack? Uh, like three. Three, okay. And so when three I days in so like... far. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. So 40 days from now, so now is basically, so it's called May 1st when you started, roughly. So uh, mid-June, somewhere is when you'd probably hit 40 days. I don't know if you've heard this before, but if you do something for 40 days in a row, or if you can do something for 40 days in a row, it's easy to make it a lifelong habit. 
you know, yeah. and so, and, and they, they, um, I think it was Jerry Seinfeld who said, what you do is you get a calendar uh, and you mark it down uh, where you're counting down from where you are now to 40, from 40 to like, so you're at, you're, you're at 37 now. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that rather than saying, I'm just going to keep going and try and build up number, you say, I'm going to keep going until I get this number down to zero. And so that gives uh, you the discipline of saying, I'm going to, you know, uh, keep checking this off until I hit my 40 day mark. And if you do that, by the time that you, you sort of mental tricks you play to help keep yourself focused on doing a thing and building that perseverance and grit and habit. So, you know, whatever it takes for you to keep doing that. And, um, but the point is, is if you just do that for 40 days, then I think you will be a different person in terms of what is possible for you and what you're able to, to uh, the questions you're able to ask and the questions you're able to answer will be vastly better because you've built that sustained investment in doing a certain kind of thing. So that's fantastic. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's been so, a, a um, long, hard road. Yeah, well, and you know, like, this is the first reiteration. So that's great. So what, uh, what, are you going to do anything with Twitter or was that just uh, a chance to express your uh, uh, admiration for that uh, Twitter handle? <laughs> no, no, I will. I will do something. Yeah, I have to do something with that. Um, um, I just need to determine what it is, right? So you, you yeah, know, so, so I can tell cute. you the most useful thing I have found out of Twitter, because reading Twitter mm-hmm. is something I just don't do for any extended period of time, because it can suck mm-hmm. up all your life for very little return, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. But here's the thing that I do with Twitter uh, is that when I when I was doing my own startup, I would often work with clients in different industries. And so I'd be asking the question of like, okay, I need to understand what's going on in this industry. Mm-hmm. And so what I would do is I would create a new Twitter handle, and then I would start uh, by looking at uh, just doing hashtag searches and start looking for the names of people I had read about. Like, oh, uh, I remember reading about this person, or I saw, and so when I do my sort of Google searches, I would uh, try to find the Twitter handles of of authors like, yeah, this person gets it. They're a fellow traveler. So the first thing I would do is curate a follow list of people who talk about the things that I care about. And if you're Mm -hmm. a compulsive organizer like me, sometimes you'll even create lists, you know, Twitter lists for the different themes and topics. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing you can do then is uh, once you're in Twitter, look for people who say the kinds of things that you wish you had said or that you were, you were glad that somebody said, and then you just start retweeting them. So even without actually writing mm-hmm. anything of your own on Twitter, simply by curating mm-hmm. a list of people who say the right kind of things and then retweeting them, you build up uh, a Twitter stream of interesting content that is uh, the sort of thing you want to be saying and getting the attention of people who say those things and you know have following. And then uh, the other thing that I do is uh, my default mode is to treat Twitter as a write-only medium. 
mm-hmm. and that I almost never yes. read yes. Twitter. You know, maybe ah, okay. once every month or two, I'll actually sit down and read a thread about something because I saw something. But I often will, whenever I'm writing something, I think, ha, this is an interesting thing. I will tweet it. And I don't care if anybody reads it or not. Uh, you know, but it's like, I want to add this to my Twitter stream and I have two or three different Twitter streams for different facets of my work or whatever. And I just uh, archive that thought or that idea in my Twitter stream, almost like a bookmark. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so over time, and so, but I, when I've done this intentionally, if I do that seriously for, for a couple of weeks, I will often end up uh, getting the attention of the people whom I'm retweeting because they know that I've retweeted them. And then if mm-hmm. I post something that's interesting and relevant, or even better, if I reply to a thread, I mean, that's like the next level is that if you can, you can do this quote and retweet thing um, where you can take someone else's tweet and you can mention somebody and then link to something interesting. And then they retweet that on their, that to me was the measure of success. When these sort of, let's call them influencers, for lack of a better term, you know, thought leaders is probably a better term. So when a thought leader, for me, the measure of success is when a thought leader on Twitter, whom I respect, and other people in the community I care about respect, when they retweet something I posted, then I know that I have, that is the proof of work, right? That is, it's like getting your, your uh, solution accepted by the Bitcoin voting. It means that you've done the work to understand what the game is, what this community values, what is novel and important to them, and then they validate that by retreating your work to their audience. And then you build mm. up a following. So that is a game you can play on Twitter. And mm. I'm not saying you need to do it. I'm saying if you want to do something for this is at least something that I've done, which I found that a couple of weeks of sustained investment gives me a deep understanding of the people in the ecosystem and uh, builds an asset of, you know, curated list of information for me, of um, trust points that I'm garnering with people that I retweet, that then I, gives me something that I could potentially leverage in the future. Mm-hmm. And that's the, I mean, uh, I think that is the challenge you have set yourself is that you're not going to get a job. You're not going to get a funding agency. You're not going to uh, try and suck up to some philanthropist. You have to kind of build your own assets from scratch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the most, I think we told, talked about this before. It doesn't matter who you know. It doesn't, sorry, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all what you know. It matters a little who you know but it matters a great deal who knows what you know, right? And so if there are people um, who are in the community you care about who then trust you to have an informed opinion about these things, that is an asset you can leverage to do other stuff in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, that's, that's what I see so others do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the sort of thing you can do with integrity, right? Because you're not trying to sell something. You're not trying to uh, butter up people for, because you're trying to get something from them. You're trying to find people who care about the same thing you do and help them care better about it. 
Mm-hmm. And in the process of doing that, you will also discover, uh, hopefully, your niche within that community, where you can mm-hmm. add value. Uh, you know, where there's because there'll be areas where like you know nothing and you just have to learn everything, uh, and that's fine. But then there'll be those who say, ah, I wonder if anybody has thought about it this way. And then you'll try it out and you see that, okay, when you say it, nobody does anything. So that just falls completely flat. But then suddenly you'll say something and you'll have truly people like it. Like, oh, you know, don't get addicted to the likes, but it's still useful data. It's like, this is something that was uh, resonant enough that these people, um, you know, because of their passion or their uh, business model, wanted to affirm and encourage. And so this is where it's great that you're starting from sort of nothing as a nobody is you can focus first on being authentic, just saying the things that you actually believe and care about deeply. And then you can Mm -hmm. find which of those things resonate with other people. Mm -hmm. Uh, We talked about that, right? Finding the minimum viable pitch is Mm -hmm. the the statement or summarization that actually, and the way I would also do that is that every few days when I said something that I thought captured what I was trying to do, I would make that my pinned tweet because that was my best current summation of what it is I'm trying to do. And then that keeps changing as I keep learning and growing and trying different things. Um, but yeah, I think that if you actually did something like that, you know, you have your one rant and then you spend even just 30 minutes a day on Twitter sort of curating stuff. And then the 40 days, you actually could have a really clear sense of what it is you're doing and being able to explain it in a way that the people who care about the things you care about uh, can relate to and identify with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's uh, going to be uh, fun and, and, and a way to discover, learn about myself and what I can do. You know, I've never seen myself that as an influencer or not even a leader, but uh, you have to become that if you are, you know, uh, I have to become that for me to get out of my situation. You know, I want to advance. I want to help people. I want to help humanity. I cannot do that if I'm nobody with no influence and and no voice. So you have to. Yeah. And I think think this time, yeah, don't worry about influencing others. Worry about being your own voice and influencing and follow. All right. I got to run. Good talking with you again. Best of luck. And uh, yeah, you know, reach out if you want to talk before then. If not, I'll look you up in 37 days and see how your experiment went. Okay, that's great. Thank you, Ernest. It was great talking to you. Okay. With you. Thank you, Ernest. Bye bye. Okay.